Welcome back to Trending in Education. Brandon Jones, Michael Palmer, and myself, Dan Strafford. And on today's episode, we're tackling a couple of things in robotics and artificial intelligence, talking about robots telling jokes and a new chatbot from Stanford University, all talking about robots. So, Brandon, are you in a good mood? Oh, my gosh. I'm in such a good mood. I love robots. I love jokes. Uh, row, row, row your bot gently down the streaming. It's so, it's so good. There's this, this episode has everything. Um, I, uh, I'm excited. Uh, and yes, I'm doing great. Thanks, Dan. Of course, Mike, how about yourself? We get to talk a little puns here, some dad jokes maybe in the yeah. office. For potentially. Uh, you know, it's interesting. I've always thought of puns as uh, one of the lower forms of humor, uh, not to get snooty about it. But then to see that the robots are getting good at it almost reinforces that idea. So like I'm kind of elitist, uh, hashtag team human, uh, and uh, we'll give them puns, but uh, witty repartee and, uh, and uh, cunning satire, uh, I think is still uh, safely in the realm of hashtag team human. So uh, some interesting articles. Uh, also the chatbots article makes me think uh, as much as I'm hashtag team human, robots make us feel less alone. So I think the idea of it's still better to be with humans, but robots are going to provide more value than just be, us being left to ourselves. Uh, that's some interesting uh, action, and I'm exciting, excited to dig in. Yeah, the uh, Stanford article or Stanford uh, work is based around chatbots versus flashcards. So an interactive chatbot quizzing a student and getting better results than digital or uh, analog flashcards that they may be reading. So we'll dive into that a little bit more. And there's actually, for me personally, a connection where uh, on my uh, smartphone, there is a riddle and joke bot that my kids interact with a lot. So uh, they have done this before where they talk to the phone and get new riddles and answer. And there is an interaction and joke part to it. So uh, a, a through point between those two stories personally for me. But Brandon, we talk about robots a decent amount here on Trending and Education. Not enough, Dan, but go on. <laughs> We've talked across uh, Laughing and Learning, one of our first episodes uh, way back in the back catalog. We talked about how um, being, uh, being funny can help uh, break down barriers for teachers to students and, and lighten the room, thus making it easier for people to learn. Uh, this article mainly talking about telling individual jokes, dad jokes, if you will, which I'm a big fan of. Um, how do you take this as the next step in the evolution of the human robot relationship and on uh, do we have a potential Jerry Seinfeld or, or other great robot joke teller in our future? Yeah. So we've got some robot jokes to tell in a little bit, but um, you know, just on the, on the sort of science and math, I guess math uh, algorithm behind it, I, I thought it was really interesting. So you've got this robot that is, you know, and it's, an, it's a learning robot through machine learning is algorithmically producing puns uh, based on a, you know, a set of parameters that are established by the team of researchers. Um, just, I'm just quoting from this Wired article, but one of the things, this Wired article that is quoting um, itself a quote, uh, quoting Roger Levy, who's the director of MIT's computational psycholinguistics lab, which sounds like an amazing place to work. Um, one of the quotes that's quoted in this article is that surprisal is one of the most central concepts in both AI and cognitive science. And I think that's really interesting. Um, you know, and the, the thing about puns is that puns are puns because they bring in the unexpected. Um, and 
I think it's, it's, there's like the, the one level of robot jokes, which again, like I can't wait to do that part too. Um, but the deeper part to me is I think it's interesting about how uh, the learning about uh, machine learning and learning about human learning, those two things can converge around things like this. You know, there, there's still, we talked about the brain a lot. We talk about the brain and we talk about robots both a lot on the show and that's intentional. We don't know that much still about the brain. And it may be that the more that we do through machine learning and through artificial intelligence to try to create things that simulate the human condition or human experience or would pass a Turing test, the more we're going to be able to actually learn about the workings of our own minds. And I, so I think that's, to me, that's the most interesting thing from this article and the most interesting thing in this space. That's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Like, you know what I mean? Because uh, that, to me, makes me think about a few different ideas. One is the uh, HCI, human-computer interaction, uh, and the idea of like natural intelligence versus artificial intelligence and how the differences between those two forms of intelligence are teaching us a lot about what it means uh, to be human. Uh, and, and then also, how do you design um, with the intent to have two components in any system? You have the, the human component, and then you have the, art, the artificial component. And uh, it's interesting to me that things that we just do very intuitively as humans are extremely difficult for machines to replicate. But then once they learn something sort of knowable, they quickly surpass us. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to simmer down for a minute because uh, I have, a, I have another human here that I'm, are you uh, sure? Is that a human or is that a, is that a robot? There's only so many things that can be learned. I don't think <laughs> baby cooing is quite there yet, but uh, Brandon, as we, talk through that point, uh, both you and Mike were, were hammering home there about the learning here and how this is all working. What do you look for as sort of the future state of an article like this? It's talking about the puns. It's talking about it learning, uh, using homophones and sort of swapping things out. Is it better jokes or this applying to something else in the AI world and sort of the robotics world? Yeah. I mean, the, um, the researcher uh, whose uh, last name is spelled H-E, and I'm probably going to mispronounce it. Um, I think that the, the, their name is first name H-E, last name H-E. Um, yes. uh, so I, is it, I don't know if it's her or how, how to pronounce it. Apologies if I'm, I'm I mean, we, we, it. we could pronounce it he-he as a joke. but it <laughs> That's might right. I think that probably this research and who also – you know, is a woman, even though the, the, her name is he, he, or uh, she would probably appreciate since she's making a robot who can tell jokes, she would appreciate the, the, the humor there. So let's, 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 let's assume that. But um, one of the things that she says is she hopes to apply this to just more general storytelling. And, you know, I'm just building on what Mike was saying, the thing that, that robots don't do things as well as humans until they do, and then they do them better, right? At least faster. And so the idea, if you could have a, you know, algorithmically produced or, or simulated through AI machine learning, um, actual creative storytelling, that would be interesting. You could produce, uh, you know, presumably something like a near infinitude of those almost instantly, right? And so when you think about, um, you know, all the joy that that could bring humans, 
I think that is that is that is really interesting to to me. That so the the learning about the human mind is uh, most interesting, and then thinking about you know the human computer interaction and what what computer produced for human consumption content could be, and that could be in a in an entertainment setting. It can be in an educational setting. Uh, we're in the very early days of that still, and yet right. we're like a decade in. Right. Um, and so I, I think that's all, that's all really interesting. The, the, the robot jokes are not funny. Um, and so at some point, uh, maybe give me a second to, to, pull, to select from them the best or best worst example. The worst, yeah. The, 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 the jokes are funny, but to me that's, uh, and I think to this researcher also, like that's not, that's actually, it's not actually the point. Uh, the point is what learning about how we can produce these, these puns could further our learning about how to have other creative uh, computer-generated content. Absolutely. And how many computers will it take to write Hamlet or uh, War and Peace instead of monkeys now? We can talk about how many robots it will take to write it. So right. Well, the thing about monkeys well. is you don't need infinite monkeys. You just need one monkey with infinite time, right? And so right. that's the that, thing that, that computers provide you is, in theory, you know, you've got... Um, uh, if you, they don't work infinitely fast, obviously. Uh, but if as the speeds approach something that isn't infinitely fast, I think the limiting factor be is who can read that to determine who can find the Hamlet from the sea of near Hamlets. Um, you know, cause you're going to need a, uh, if it's a human, we don't, we got enough humans to do all that, uh, all that reading of all this, this uh, machine produced, uh, gobbledygook, um, along with the, the, the occasional Hamlet. We do have, uh, and I am a, a, a proud purveyor of dad jokes. I will admit that full disclosure here. I'm a, a big dad joker. Um, I tried to convince my daughter, Nora, to go into music class and say cello to everyone who played the cello. And she said, dad, that's terrible. And I agreed, but it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be bad. That's what I'm going for. That's why I had a kid. So I could get away with all these jokes I've been telling my whole life. I do think it's funny, though, that we dad jokes are known to be bad. And, and I don't think the pun app that <laughs> or he he uh <laughs> i guess if you're less amused he he if you find uh, this research very funny uh but it is interesting that she was aspiring to design as funny as possible and wound up with not so funny yeah and uh, i think we all know part of why the dad joke is like a broader idea is that it's pretty easy to be not that funny it's hard to be genuinely surprising and witty and clever uh, or conceptually rocking someone's uh, world with, uh, with the clever turn of phrase. Um, I think that that in part is tied to a shared experience of humanity that I think is gonna be very difficult for the robots and uh, AI to simulate because the audience, unless the robot also passes for human, which is you know fully completing the Turing test, so the the full completion of the Turing test is when uh, you know we have a stand-up uh, comedian who is better than uh, than our best, you know, or someone uh, you know like we no longer need um, you know Bill Maher or uh, Stephen Colbert or Jimmy Kimmel because instead it's all just programmed but I think you still need to fool the audience into thinking there's a human on the other side. Otherwise we tend to lose interest because I, I think part of the human experience is seeking other humans who have a shared recognition of something sort of beyond what 
you might just get in a sort of very shallow exchange. So, uh, and I think that's why humor frequently is about very dark things uh, because we, we need to have that shared experience of those things. And if that is simulated human, I think we'll like it, but I, I still think there will be a component of how real is my human interaction. It's part of why I do see people seeking out more opportunities to be physically present with others, uh, despite the fact that it's becoming increasingly easy to be on your own, is that what it is to be human is to have like shared experiences with other humans. And I think humor is a real uh, interesting way to get surprised by someone else in a way that earns trust, uh, shared consciousness and, um, and uh, just engagement. Yeah, to the, um, uh, I, I, I agree with all that. And I think it's gonna be a long time before uh, robots are replacing the, you know, fill in the whomever comedians of the world. Um, it, it may be that they're able to, to generate some, uh, some jokes for them and uh, can uh, maybe the writers of, of the, the, the humor writers of, of the world, you know, I'm putting you on notice because, uh, hey, hey, uh, he, he is coming for you. Um, the, uh, just a, a quick note on, on this here. So, um, this, the, the way these puns work is they are the, the network is given a pair of homophones and then makes a sentence with, you know, the, where it sounds ordinary, one part of a sentence or, or a clause, and then another part that, uh, renders it surprising. So the whole thing is about surprise. Mike, you mentioned that. We've talked about that a couple of times and they, they've called it the local global surprisal principle because you need both, uh, it needs to both make sense on a local level and also surprise on a global level. So some examples, because we just had to do it. This is, we, and we've disclaimed like these are, these are not funny. So as an example, um, that's because negotiator got car back to me in one piece, P-E-A-C-E. -E. Um, that's not funny, I think. Even no. from the outside, I could, all, I could tell that he'd already lost some weight, W-A-I-T. I see that we're going with that one. That one's a little better. Here's the last one. Well, Gourmet did it. He thought it'd butter be right. Um, it's got some of the elements of a bad dad joke, but right. it, it doesn't quite clear the bar. It's just like kind of nonsensical. So uh, there's still some, still some work to be done. Well, I mean, I don't want to leave this without discussing some of the bad jokes about robots that was also shared in full uh, disclosure. This is from jokesforus.com. And Brandon, I ask you, why was the robot mad? Why, why, why was, why, tell me why. People kept pushing its buttons. Ah, uh, <laughs> I like that. That's a good one. More, 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 damn, more. What is a robot's favorite kind of music? Tell me. Heavy metal. Oh, yes, it, it sure is. Is there more, Dan? Give me, more, give me at least one more. Just to be clear, these were written by humans. Right. So if you're, if you're noticing a qualitatively better level of pun quality, which is crazy because these jokes are actually better than right. the robot-generated ones. But, uh, so but yeah, please, please, please continue. The robot's like too busy like beating us a go and stuff. Like they, 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 they ain't got nobody. Ain't nobody got a good time for this. They're almost trying to outsmart us rather than outfunny us. I don't think right. they understand. They don't know. They don't know from funny. You robots, <laughs> you don't know from funny. Dan, tell me another. Tell me another. Does R two D two have any brothers? I don't know, Dan. Tell me. No, only transistors. <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, uh, that one. 
one that that one was pretty there there's layers to that one right <laughs> there sure are that one that one plays more in 2019 than 10 years ago why are robots shy i wish i knew and i can't wait to find out because they have hardware and software but no underwear hmm Hmm. They may want to. That that's one you could send to AI for some workshopping. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> started this idea. Please finish it up. Yeah. Uh, here, here's the last one. Why did the droid cross the road? Because why? it was programmed by a chicken. Mm, yeah. Wow. That one's good. As we uh, have a few more minutes here, do want to tie in the Stanford chat bot if we have uh, a moment before we go and can expand on this on a future episode. But Brandon, uh, we see this sort of pun related and trying to get into storytelling. There is a bit of storytelling in the uh, chat bot function here uh, for Stanford going away from flashcards and going into uh, a discussion, uh, basically quizzing a student and, and interacting with them, having interaction points. Uh, this seems like a great step forward for someone who needs a little bit more work and maybe can't afford or find a tutor or find uh, something online they like. Chat bot uh, function here. Uh, any qualms with it? Any issues with uh, replacing a flashcard, digital or analog, with a chat bot sort of function here? No, I, and you said this. We, we, uh, I think we actually should come back to this in a, in a full, uh, full episode here because I think there's a lot to talk about. Um, so this is just uh, the, this is from Stanford, as Dan was saying. Uh, the, the, it's, it's a flashcard app um, that they were running up against with something called Quizbot. So, you know, they did a, a testing over with 36 th students, so it's a small N. Um, but the headline, and again, I think we get into more of the implications of this later, but the, the quiz bot was much more effective. Um, and I, I haven't seen the math behind it, but let's call it statistically significantly so. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, it's because it's trying to simulate a human interaction where it's also not trying to pass the Turing test. You know, so its avatar is this... A little penguin, uh, at least as is uh, described here. Um, I think it's I think it's really interesting, and you know, we there's a this is a learning show, a learning podcast. I think talking about what the implications are for learn learning and bots and learning and this kind of engagement is is really interesting. I think that's a great idea. We'll hold it for uh, maybe our it's next a teaser. Or, it's yeah, a teaser. It you gotta, uh, leave got to leave wanting more. I got, a, I got a quick one on it, though, too. Sure. Uh, just like we were saying, the, the cyborgification will come in through our ears with our hearables. I think the AI blending with humanity, that's coming in through the chat. So mm -hmm. the idea that, you know, you can, you really can pass a Turing test in chat. Uh, it happens just about all the time. And it's partly because a lot of us are not trying that hard to be uh, uniquely human when we're in chat. We're just kind of being somewhat uh, uh, utilitarian about it. Uh, and, uh, and then we try to get clever in different ways. But, uh, but I do think it's a place where increasingly uh, AI is becoming as good or better at chat uh, in a very sort of targeted ways. And, uh, and that's why learning and recall is a really interesting uh, concept because I think it does come back to just not feeling like you're doing this entirely alone. I think there is a loneliness epidemic. And if you have this sense of an other on the other side, you feel like it's a, it's a social activity as opposed to just trying to muster up the motivation to, to learn something on your own. So uh, 
let's definitely come back to it. But uh, but I got I got excited there. I wanted to, I wanted to get that in. Pleased you did. I think it is a discussion for a future episode, one uh, in the not too distant future that you should hear every Tuesday from Trending and Education. Find us on iTunes, on Stitcher, across all your favorite podcasting apps. And as always, uh, make sure to find us on Twitter at Trending and Ed, at Trending and on Facebook, our Trending and Education YouTube page, wherever uh, you search for us, you will find Trending and Education. They're talking about the world of learning and the world of education. Till next time, thanks so much for listening to Trending in Education. 